I told you all not to panic after the Mets relinquished first place. Big word, by the way, for less than 24 hours. And fans are ready to jump off a cliff, Figgy. The boys are back atop the NL East by one and a half games. We break down a series win in Miami. Escobar's hot streak. Heart streak. Keep <laughs> easiest with this team this week. And the final multi-series homestand ahead. I think you meant to say key pieces are back with the team this week because they have a lot of key pieces have been playing well, but key pieces like Louis G are back. We'll also play Stump the Baldy as I'll answer Mets trivia question. Hopefully don't forget some guys like I did last time. Cough, cough, Jiris uh, Familia. Yeah, Plus Figgy's fables on what we hope doesn't happen this year. I hope this isn't bad mojo. On the 2008 Mets collapse, it's it's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Nemo slugs one to deep right center, back toward the gap, Anderson looks up and it's out of here! Brandon Nemo with a three-run homer! And he drills this one to deep right field, Anderson watches this one go out of here! Eduardo Escobar cannot be stopped! And he hits a double play ball if they hurry. McNeil with the tag and the toss, and the ball game is over. 4 4 3 double play puts a capper on it. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside my co host, Nelson Figueroa, back in our chicken parm cloth table studios here at the palatial New York Post. Those highlights you heard, courtesy of SNY. No guest today on the show, Figgy, but we will take a trip to Figgy's Fables later where you'll talk about 2008, which oh. is something we want to forget and something that crept into the minds of Mets fans over a few losses, literally a handful of losses that had fans ready to panic. Plus, we'll play Stump the Baldy where Andrew Hartz, our producer, will try to stump me with Mets trivia questions. But Figgy, you know, it took a series loss to the Nationals and a singular loss to the Pirates and a Braves just, I mean, three-month-long hot streak, we should say, to have fans ready to jump off a cliff. And quickly, besides Friday, the Mets reminded us, this team is fine, this team is good, this team is dandy. Winning two out of three over the Marlins, the offense broke out with a thunder on Saturday and Sunday. Eduardo Escobar has been hot. We'll talk about that, and they have reinforcements that we'll talk about are coming this weekend, you know, and beating bad teams reminds you this team is fine. Shout out to the Seattle Mariners winning two out of three. Thank you so much. After Paul Seawald wanted to hand it to the Braves and wanted a hand just a half game lead to the Mets. It's one and a half entering the final long homestand of the year. Two series, Cubs, Pirates, things are all good and great and gravy in Mets land. Yeah, for now. <laughs> like until tomorrow. And, yeah, and, and, until tonight's game, and then we'll see what happens with everybody else getting back on that same panic train. Listen, if the Mets are playing in any other division, 
uh, without the Braves being right on them every single time. And every time the Mets lose, the Braves seem to continue to win. Every time the Mets win, the Braves continue to win. They're 31 and 15 in the second half is Atlanta. The Mets are 31 and 17. Okay, they've lost two more games in that time span. So the Mets have played tremendous baseball all year long, staying atop of the National League East. And what you're hoping for is that this team just is riding on that high as they go into Atlanta that final weekend and are able to put it away, win the division, and have their rotation set up for the playoffs. That's what you're hoping for. Health, guys, you know, going through some adversity is always a good thing. Again, as Met fans cry, look across the other way at the Bronx. When you had that big of a lead, get down to almost three and a half games, and both those teams that are behind the Yankees are so close that all it takes is another bad streak and some head-to-head losses, and you know now you're starting to go crazy over what's going on in, in, in the Bronx. But I think Met fans, if you had told them that they would have, be at this point in the season and they'd still be in first place, they would have signed up for it and been glad and, and excited about all the possibilities, but there's always something to, you know, getting to this part of the year and when the offense doesn't click and they lose a couple of games that they shouldn't have lost. And then, you know, you start getting the micromanagers to sit there and say, Oh, Buck should have done this. Buck should have done that. Um, you know, the Marlins game where he came in afterwards uh, in the eighth inning and the game got out of hand. That's one of those things. If you're going to bring him in, why didn't you bring him in anyway in the eighth and keep the game close within striking distance? There's a multitude of things that are going to get overanalyzed and, and the emphasis I I think on at the end of the day is how can this team continue to find ways to win and continue to put up W's as much as they can going into that final weekend. Well, they lost three in a row and they got blown out in all three, although a few to the bullpen in the ninth inning, like we said, blew it and people were ready to panic, but that's just baseball. Like the next day you go out and score and they scored five. And then the second game, they scored 10 and then 11 on Saturday, nine on Sunday. People want to, you know, worry about a few games in a 162 game season. This team still hasn't lost four in a row all year. They've only had three game losing streaks. That doesn't happen. Like even for great baseball teams, Mm -hmm. great teams lose four, five, sometimes six in a row. This Mets team hasn't altered even when they do lose a few in a row. And, you know, they're having fun doing it, and guys are supporting each other. Like, Tomas Nito, first homer, didn't support him, but it was hilarious. <laughs> like, you saw the video, and he's waiting. He's doing the fake high fives with guys, and Pete's there struggling. Pete, You saw, if you look at it, Pete's like, come on, guys, let's go do it. They're all waiting, and Pete's trying to lead the charge. He's like, we've held him off long enough. And then they go hug him, pour, dump some water on him. That was a cool moment. And Tomas Nito, by the way, has is hitting well right now. And, you know, that's what they need, but... The guy who's really hitting well is Eduardo Escobar, and you had talked about it and how hot he's been. Since he's come back from the IL, he's raised his average 24 points from 214 to 238. Figgy, he's got five homers, nine RBIs. His numbers are getting more respectable at 17 homers, 53 RBIs. I think your hope from this guy was 20 and 60, 20 and 70. He's likely going to hit 20 homers and drive in 60 runs. And through all of the struggles that he had, with what he's done off the field is – Solid defense. I wouldn't say he's a gold glover, but mm-hmm. solid defense, leadership, the fun that he brings. His overall season's not going to be terrible. And now, Figgy, they'll have some adversity that they had is off the table because Luis Guillorme is coming back. Mm-hmm. And now you can mix and match things here with playing Escobar at third, playing Guillorme at second, moving McNeil to the outfield where Marte's been out. Having Guillaume back with Escobar being hot, because remember, we thought when Guillaume comes back, Escobar might just have to be a platoon guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Buck would look like an idiot if he takes Escobar out of the lineup. You got a lot more options now, especially with Starling Marte out. Yeah, and that's what it's about, right? Having these options, having the flexibility. That's why the best 
offseason move wasn't necessarily signing the top free agent. It was making your team deeper, making your team better. So you have a former all-star who we're sitting here saying at 16 and, and 80, uh, you know, you, you would take that any day of the week. This is what he's doing, and he hasn't had the best of seasons. He hasn't a possibility to do both those things. I think that's something that you want the huge numbers. You want the superstar player. You want the $30 million contract, but for what they paid Escobar and to get the production that they're getting timely production now, right? It's it's the when you do it. it would it matter if he hit uh, fantastic in April and then you know the rest of the season was mundane and, and just on a downward slope? Yeah, you would be very upset about it. So I think it's the timing of when you do these things. It's the timing of when the team needs a guy to step up. And when you're asking a guy to step up, are you asking a September call-up to step up? No, you're asking a guy who has hit his whole career, a guy who earned 10 years in the big leagues and, and has, is celebrated for doing so. So I, I love the Escobar making the most of his opportunity here. And now Guillaume comes back and you can move McNeil and, and the, the blow of losing Starling Marte isn't as severe. Yes, Vientos is here. For how long, who knows? Well, now the defensive issue you had with him, he's more the DH because Darren Ruff, I mean, you can make all the rough puns you want, just has been a god-awful acquisition. I mean, he's he had a couple of moments. He's been terrible. But now Vientos, if he can hit, can be your right-handed DH against lefties. Again, it, it helps you diversify with the designated hitter, not just the infield mm-hmm. and the outfield. Yeah, no, again, you're giving Buck Showalter more weapons you're giving him more cards to play he's able to look at his hand and throw back a couple and get a couple better cards uh you know that's the thing that great managers are able to make the most out of the when they don't have those cards dealt to them this is something that buck can do easily and you know it's just a matter of giving guys opportunity keeping guys i I would say in that rotation of playing as well because it's hard to just sit around for four days and watch and then be expected to come through in the clutch with bases loaded and also on the other side of things man when you have the pitching that the mets have had this week and even though they got those blowout games you take out those blowout games and you you have the starters just outdoing each other um you have on the mend of course max scherzer when he comes back there's no better acquisition than getting a max scherzer it's not a september call-up this is one of the best top five pitchers in the last decade do you so, mean coming back from injury or coming back from getting tossed on sunday when he's on the il and getting tossed yeah yeah when you're on the il getting tossed that's just a special Legend. that's that's when you know that's when you know like people know who you are you know what i mean you can hear the voice immediately they didn't even have to look in the dugout it's like hey max beat it you, you saw know? the different color eyes yeah no so that i, I think that this is this is such a, a fun team to watch and they're playing great baseball and honestly getting them in the playoffs i don't care who it's against get them in the playoffs right that that, that was the goal from the beginning they get in the playoffs. They still have the, the advantage of having three frontline starters to go to. Those other guys can be used in a bullpen mode if they need to as long relievers. The possibilities are endless with what Buck can do with this roster right now. And the Braves showed us that they're human. Finally losing some games. Thank you to the Mariners. The Braves will play the Giants this week, who are not very good but not terrible, and then the Phillies. So maybe they lose a few more this week. But, you know, a message to the Mets fans, and I'll I'll look into our high-budget camera that we have over here at our chicken parm table. I did have a great chicken parm at uh, Tony's DiNapoli on Friday. I don't know if you saw that picture. That was a big-ass piece of chicken parm. But let me tell you, do not panic over a few losses to bad teams. Everyone does it. Every great team does it. Every championship team does it. And this Mets team is built for a championship, and I've said it all year. The New York Mets are going to win the World Series. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Marte back, 
Tyler McGill, Seth Lugo, Adam Adovino, Edwin Diaz. Forget about the other guys in the bullpen. Those are the four. Those are your three starting pitchers, and you know the lineup. Francisco Lindor. Oh, he hit into a double play on Friday. Big effing whoop. 91 ribeye stakes. He's going to drive in 100 runs. He's living up to his contract. And Pete Alonso, hate on him all you want. He's going to hit a monster polar bear home run in October that's going to get him a statue outside City <laughs> Field in how many years? 15 years, we'll say. In 2037, you'll see the statue. This team is built different. The 2022 Mets, Figgy. Will be your World Series champions. Did like the fact that you tried to name everybody on the roster, but yes, this team is is. It takes twenty six to win a World Series. They're, they're they're built to win, and once you get to that playoffs, and you know which guys you're gonna you know be able to ride, and the other guys that you're gonna say, hey, be able to uh, pick up the guys that are expected to carry the load. You're not gonna see Bryce Pontes de Montes in uh in an October an October roster, let alone a game. Yeah, no, it was interesting to see him called up. Anyway, I get it, he throws a hundred, but you could see. You know, almost as, almost as many walks as strikeouts. Um, not the guy that you want to be counting on in key situations. But I, I, I digress. I think this team, you have to be able to take a few punches and continue to find ways to get through the fight. And I think that's what they're learning to do now. And they're still smiling. They're still giving the interviews. They're still being accountable. That's my biggest thing about this team. Like Lindor, for all the gruff that we've given him and the, and the media gave him when uh, the first year of that contract and how he didn't deserve it, he doesn't. I kept saying, this is a guy who, no matter how he is doing personally, He's on the top step. He's cheering on his teammates. He's making a play a game, at least, that saves a, a run or two. And then he comes in there, and he's just rooting his team on. I get that's not why you're paying him 30 some million dollars, but now he's added the offense in there that he's supposed to have, and now you can see why he is that leader that you want to have in front of the camera, That whether he did well and went three for three with a home run and four RBIs, or he grounded into a double play, you saw his answer. You saw what it's about being accountable. Part of baseball is dealing with failure. Not a part of baseball, all of baseball, especially for a hitter, is dealing with failure. You're going to fail nowadays seven and a half times out of 10 and still be an all-star, still be a guy who gets millions and millions of dollars. So it's dealing with that adversity. It's coming through at the right time. It's knowing when you're riding a hot streak, knowing if the guy behind you is riding a hot streak, taking a better at bat, and then moving the, passing the baton. This team is able to do that because they each have confidence in each other that they'll get the job done. Chavez, for all intents and purposes, has been the MVP of this team. He comes over with a different mindset, a different approach to hitting than in years past. And I think the, uh, you know, the results have shown. And again, the Mets staff between the starters and then you have the back end. Those guys are second to none. And I think it's Adovino, Lugo, and Diaz. The ERA combined in the second half is a minuscule, like 1.2, something of that nature, even though I know Lugo gave up the home run yesterday. But it's something in that realm of 1.2, 1.3, and you take that from your back end, guys. Yeah, well, get rid of those you know, ugly innings now while you yep. can. Yep. Save the good ones for October and – 89 and 52. This team is 37 games over 500, Figgy. They have 21 games. I had to do the math there. 21 games left to go. Lucky number 21. 11 and 10 gets you 100 wins. This looks like it's going to be a 100 win team. I think they could go, let's see, 15 and 6 here in the last 21. I don't think that's overzealous mm -hmm. to say that. Again, like we keep saying, a lot of this, if this is within three games, will come down to those three in Atlanta. You get swept in Atlanta. You're holding your dear breath, those final three at City Field. But guess what? Speaking of City Field, they're back home this week, and they have a chance, Figgy, to clinch the playoffs at home for the first time in City Field 
history. Seven-game homestand on tap. The Mets' magic number to clinch a postseason berth is eight. That gives them an outside chance to do so this weekend against the Pirates at City Field. They've never previously clinched anything. Playoffs, postseason series, pennant, nothing in ballpark history. They can do it. Man, that'd be fire if they do it, especially when they get number three on Saturday. Here you have one and two. You got your uh, Keith bobblehead who will be on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman and Ron Darling. And now we get Gary. I wonder how Gary's is going to look. It'll be the first bald bobblehead. That's I. That's what I need. <laughs> I mean, I need that for the collection. Your season will end this weekend mm-hmm. with the Ferry Hawks, so now you will be locked and loaded into Mets baseball. Oh yeah, during the playoff push. But six and one this week. Win six out of seven. Oh, you know, that's it's, all. It's hard to win four four game seven. series, but I mean, you hope you could sweep the Cubs. Then three out of four. That's not a crazy ask when you have Giorme back. McGill's been absolutely dominating every level he's at. They want to see two innings, see back-to-back days. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't shock me if McGill is here for this weekend. Maybe, you know, he's one of the guys that helps him clinch a playoff spot at City Field this weekend. We'll love a 6-1 and one week. You know, fans are going to panic if they're 5-2. and two. God forbid they lose one game of each of these series. The Braves will hopefully cool off, and they showed that they can over the weekend. They showed they're human, mm-hmm. and that was needed. Yeah, well, now you're looking at just winning both of those series, and people would say, oh, that's not enough. You have to win every single game. No, win both the series. Continue to play winning baseball. Play, you know, winning two out of three at home of every of every series, and then on the road you try to do the opposite. Make sure you don't get swept and don't go into long losing streaks. I think that's what this Mets team is different uh, this year is that there aren't those long losing streaks because – of the way that this rotation is built. You got a guy that every night can be the stopper and, and you know halt these losing streaks to only three games at max. They were out of first for under 24 hours. Like People were like, oh, no, <laughs> it's over. Look what happened. Here come the Mets again. It's all coming downhill. And um, speaking of what is going downhill, on with you, Here dude. comes my uh, Bar Mitzvah logo going downhill. Hearts, what'd you, what'd you use? Uh, would you use a uh, glue? What'd you, what'd you put this it up This is going to be interesting because I can see how it's <laughs> held up right now and it's not going to last I very long. this isn't a sign because you're going to talk about the Mets 08 collapse soon. <laughs> La- last show, my uh, sign that I freaking forgot that I'm pissed about to bring in. Although I don't know if it would have fit in my backpack and then I would have been walking around the end train with, with a, a seven by four Mets Willits point uh, thing, but uh, I'm watching this two times, two fingers, two times falling down. So uh, <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. But this team is electric. And again, only three or six games left against teams over 500. McGill's going to be big for this bullpen. I'm excited to see what happens. Mark Vientos finally gets called up. Now, I did a hit on Saturday and said, how does it not happen? Minutes after, Hearts, I believe, published it on YouTube. It happened. So I'll take credit. (laughs) The Mets called up Mark Vientos. You know, looked a little slow on Sunday. Two strikeouts, 0 for 5. But I think Buck's got to play him here this week. I think Buck's got to give him... Four or five starts at DH, or I guess it'll depend on lefties. I know Smiley hasn't many had many reasons to smile on a Cubs uniform mm-hmm. on pitch this week, so they'll probably face a few lefties. But would love to see what you have in the next couple of weeks out of this kid, because maybe he's a piece for October. Maybe. Yeah, yeah you have to make you have to make decisions on that. And uh, again, Buck is giving guys opportunities to win jobs and to lose jobs. As you're getting to crunch time, those numbers get slimmer and slimmer, so you won't see certain guys in certain situations. There also will come a point where if, depending on where they're at in the race towards the end, 
Are you going to rest certain players? Are you going to rest certain, you know, pitchers? Are you going to move guys into those, like I said, shift some of the back-end starters into relieving roles where, you know, they might come in as a, instead of the guys focusing on going seven, hey, they go five, and then the next guy goes two, maybe three, and then you hand the ball over to Diaz so you can continue, you know, racking up those saves. But without a doubt, I, I think now you start honestly looking at Diaz in conversation for Cy Young. Quite frankly, it, this has been a, a, a unbelievable season for him, the way that he's pitched and gone month after month of winning reliever of the month because what did he do again? Ah, didn't give up a run, didn't give up a run. Gives up a run this month, but uh, of, of all things, you know, he is as locked down as they come in all of baseball as a reliever. You know, it's not out of the question, despite the Mets catchers hitting better, that we see Francisco Alvarez. Alvarez returned to the lineup yesterday for AAA, going 0 for 4 as the DH after being out three weeks due to a loose body. In his right. I've had a couple loose bodies around my whole body. Uh, body, yaddy, yaddy. I did, like, sit-ups the other day, and, like, my left ankle, I, like, was struggling to walk. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did sit-ups in your ankle? I don't... I- I think you weren't doing them I think my properly. leg or was, something was hurting. I think it's part of it's because I wear, like, different shoes every day. I'll but, wear, uh, hold on. The, what do you think is a sit-up? <laughs> well, sit-ups, you're using your, your legs a little bit. like So you got the legs out, you got them, and you're going like this, and you're going up. And I think I felt something in my ankle. I don't know. <laughs> I, could could changing shoes be a part of it? That the fact that we're different shoes. Shoes and feet shouldn't matter in a sit-up. But some are different, like sizes because some shrink some are smaller some are bigger what like you, what do you i'm mean? a size 11 shoe which isn't that big for a guy he's six, still talking three. about shoes with a sit-up um but it's right hard it's like if you know if you if you were say you wear six different pairs of shoes in a week there's it's gonna affect your foot or your ankle and i think that combined with sit-ups uh pained me a little bit i don't know i'm gonna assume that you're the only person that has sit-up problems because of their shoes so well i don't know if it's because of this, uh-oh. take the uh-oh. setups out of uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. <laughs> there it is. Uh-oh. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. <laughs> little little Jake wanted to get Big Jake to shut up about his setups and <laughs> jumped this? off. What is this ball of tape you did? Ball of confusion. Holy cow! What is uh, this? Uh, We're up our outlets back here. My, you got me a ball of tape. My poor. I just taped this to my head. How about that? Our poor listeners. I'm just. I'm gonna apologize in advance that you had to get fitness advice from Jake Brown about it's the shoes you wear that can make a difference in your sit-ups. Don't take fitness advice from Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Body by Jake coming to VHS no, soon. Absolutely. Body not. by Jake mid-workout. You'll literally be getting a chicken parm hero delivery from Tony's Denapoli. At least nuggets. In. At uh, least nuggets will be delivered. Yeah, I've man, I've been struggling with the diet. I gotta say, I've been roaming around. What are you down to now? That. I was at got to two twenty six. No, I've uh, no, no, no. I've avoided. I didn't ask that. I said, "What are you at now?" I don't know. I haven't checked my weight post poop. You know, in, oh. in, in a week or so, I have not been checking my weight. I have a roommate just just moved in this morning. I I met him the other day. Irish guy. Uh, he's moving in. So McGregor. We'll see. I've been walking around naked for two weeks. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> sorry to give you that image. <laughs> Uh, some people might have nothing turned, but shoes the working on his sit-ups <laughs> literally <laughs> naked Jake. Listen, well, I sit-ups I did at the gym legs feeling a little bit better, but I got to avoid wearing different pairs of shoes, but Irish kid moving in from Ireland, uh, Irish, Irish, uh, Irish, Irish, not just like wow. Irish. We'll see. We'll see. Seems like a nice guy. So he's moving in. Anyway, you're listening to Amazing But True, New York Mets podcast, the New York Post, Jake Brown Radio, Figgy and Y at Amazing But True. 
But let's hope they ah, – I would love to be there to see them. It would suck, Figgy, if they clinch and it's next week in Milwaukee or Oakland. Uh, like, if you were a real fan, you'd be there. Well, yeah. Uh, if it's in Oakland, like, of all the places, clinching in Oakland, although Seven Line's making a trip there, so at least there'll be some Mets contingency. But don't clinch in Milwaukee. would love for it to happen here. When the Mets clinched in 2015 – what Cincinnati? There you go. Oh, see, that was going to be a trivia yeah. question. Was that but a bad trivia? No, 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 no. Too easy. Far too easy. Far too All right. Easy. Well, the Mets are doing well and not collapsing. Let's hope they don't. On Figgy's Fables next, we'll talk about the 08 collapse, the mm. team you were part of, and what the mindset and what the locker room felt like. Figgy will give us that next on Amazing But True. They help. That's as long a style of treatment I've seen for a while. That's cruel. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, Figgy, well, we just went through the 08 Mets, and I struggle to remember some of them because there were some obscure names like Ryan Church who were on the top 12 in the team's war. That team unfortunately collapsed last year's Shea Stadium, one of the best years in attendance. You were on that Mets team. You had the feel of the clubhouse. 89 wins they had that year. We're, we're doing this because the Mets are at 89 wins right now. They would have to lose out to finish. Yeah. They would have to go 0-21 to have the same record as that team. We don't think that's going to happen. But take us back, Figgy, in this week's Figgy Fables and tell us about that 08 collapse, how it transpired, what would the feel in the locker room was. Take it away, Figgy. How it transpired was easy. They scored more runs than we did, and we lost games. It was, But the confidence level was so high. With two weeks left in the season, we started making plans um, for who our opponent was going to be in the playoffs. We, we made plans of how we were going to get there, where we were going to stay, you know, uh, with our families invited, uh, how many tickets we were going to need. Literally filled out paperwork to get tickets and extra tickets for playoff games. Um, so everybody just assumed at 89, you know, with, with that with that win total that we had at the time that we were just going to win at least half those games, be a 95-win team and be in the playoffs. But it didn't happen that way, and, and the struggles were real. It was, you'd have a bad game here and there, and yeah, don't worry, we'll get them tomorrow. And then tomorrow something else would happen, and something else would happen. But as we went through those names and as we went through the different members of that team, you kept saying, Oh, wow, this team is so much better this year compared to that team. That is very true. And the way that the team is built and constructed, you can see like the weaknesses are few and far between. Where with this team, there were so many players who, I mean, played above the level, played, you know, got random playing time, guys that were hurt that went on the DL. We lost Wagner all of August and September. So missing a closer down the stretch and having the ability to not replace him with somebody. They tried Howman. Uh, Howman wasn't able to do the job. You know, you had Sean Weiss, who was the left-handed specialist, to come in and try and do that. Um, there was just a multitude of things that the team tried to do but couldn't do. So what happened? We went out to the Nationals and got Luis Ayala. Luis Ayala was legitimately the 13th man in their roster, in their bullpen. And they said, sure, we can make him expendable. And all Luis Ayala did was go out there and compete. Did he have the, the most amazing of stuff to be a closer? No, but what he did have... And here's your Spanish uh, academy. He had cojones. He legitimately would take the ball at any time, 
back to back days, back to back to back days and say he was fine. Meanwhile, underneath his uniform, he's literally being held together with ace bandages and duct tape, had a pulled groin from day one, um, just went out there and did everything he could to try and, you know, help this team win. So I remember after that season was over, it was my first taste of SNY. I went out there with the four reporters on the uh, Daily News Live show, and they asked me, you know, if you knew your roles, if you knew this, or if this happened, or if that happened, and I remember saying to them, yeah, you know what? Where were you guys before that last weekend series with all these great ideas? After the season's over, you guys had all these great ideas, and you wrote how this should have been done, and this should have been done, that should have been done. See, that's the, the problem. In the media, you're always going to be right because you're reporting on it afterwards. And I commonly use that line when I was doing SNY because I would talk to Mickey Calloway and say, I would never be wrong because I get to see what happened, how it pans out. That team, yeah, we battled our asses off down to the end. It shouldn't have ended that way. But remember on the other side of it, CC Sabathia was a one-man wrecking crew over in Milwaukee and did everything between hitting, complete game after complete game after complete game, just kept that team afloat and, and they wound up sneaking in and uh, we wound up uh, being ousted. And it was so disappointing for us because it was, you know, the last year of Shea Stadium and uh, myself included, man, I, I wanted to do anything I could and everything I could pitch whenever they needed me to. If it was to start that last game, I had told Jerry Manuel, I'm ready, willing and able to do that. And he said Oliver Perez was going to start and he's on a very short leash. So legitimately like get a ball in your hand as soon as he starts throwing the first pitch of the game. If he's not on, then you're going to have to come in. Um, and, and it was it was very disheartening. And then the way that it all ended. I know this is supposed to be a Debbie Downer part of the show, but the reality of it, right? This team of 2022 is built different. Buck is a different kind of manager. The organization top to bottom is just so much better. The roster is so much deeper. The st- So I think as a Met fan, it's not going to happen. They're not going 0-21 the rest of the way. And they're also going to be in playoff contention no matter what happens the rest of the way. And they're going to get in. And then once they get in, I don't think there's a team that can match up day in and day out. And as long as this team is able to score three, four runs, they will win every single game that they can and, and put it all the way to the World Series. What was the lead then that was the lead got to? How big was that lead? I, that I want to say it was something seven? like, I think it was like seven. Uh, it was seven in September, I think. Yep. Yeah, and the la- they closed out Shea. I remember crying because I was living in North Carolina, and I, I cried when you guys uh, lost that final game. But, I mean, you look at the two rosters, and my God, like I'm going to like, the catcher, Robinson Cantel, Raul Casanova, Ramon Castro, Gustavo Molina, Brian Schneider. I mean, that's like the Long Island Ducks roster. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, Wally Backman's coaching up that team, not, you know, Jerry Manuel and the Mets. So, this seems a lot different than that team. We wanted to show you about the dark times and the collapse. So when you complain when the Mets lose three in a row or lose one game to the Pirates, you remember there were worse times. Figgy knows it well. Mm-hmm. 08 got ugly in September. This is not going to get there. This team's a lot different than those teams of Mets past. Yeah, we had the last five out of eight games. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six out of uh, the last nine games we lost to be ousted. Six out of nine. Six. That'll do it to you. <laughs> That's not going to happen around here. Yeah, nothing's happening around here like that. And we hope that we could we talk about this because we hope this weekend we'll be at City Field for potentially a clinching of a playoff spot for the first time at this new ballpark that has been open for 13 years. It's not new anymore. So let's clinch it at home. It'd be lovely. All right, coming up next, we'll close out the show. Hearts will try and stump me. And with the way my memory has been working, oh, man. there's a good chance I'm going to be stumped, but be very mad because I'm going to know the answer, but I'm not going to remember it. So we'll play Stump the Baldy on Amazing But True next. 
Veterano. 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 Metrocard. Refill mine. Welcome back to Amazing But True. Nelson Figueroa alongside Jake Brown and our man, our producer, our ace in the hole. Andrew Hartz is about to ask some trivia so we can see if we can stump the baldy. Considering Hartz and I have luxurious heads of hair, <laughs> that'd be you, Jake. I have luxurious cocoa butter. <laughs> Good, Hartz. Take it away. All right. So I'm going to give you a cookie question to start just to get the... Carlos Carrasco. You're getting me hungry already. Cookie Rojas. I'm starving right now. It's an easy question. It's cookie Oreos. Question. There you go. I might get Chick-fil-A actually after this. It's actually a cookie question, believe it or not. What podcast host said they would trade Edwin Diaz for a pack of Dunkaroos? <laughs> <laughs> My memory is a little foggy. I don't know. Oh, yes. And I've apologized already. So I think I'm I'm good on that end where I I'm gonna need I'm you to sorry. I'm gonna need him to play a trumpet while uh, I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, especially now, Dunkaroos just aren't rare. They have them at your local bodega. Definitely wouldn't do it now. At the time, you couldn't blame me. It was a rare item. You had to go to, like, Maryland to get them, and Edmund Diaz had a 5 ERA. Now you probably wouldn't trade Michael Perez for Dunkaroos. That's what I love about this team is every kind of piece has had a had a, had a play, a play of, a piece of the play, a play of the piece. Uh, I've lost my mind. All I right. would not trade him for Dunkaroos. I'm sorry, Edwin Diaz. I apologize. That was only question one. That was the a answer was, question. The answer was the Baldy. All right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> now they're going to get hard. <laughs> Who was traded from the Mets to the Expos and got a hit on the same day? I mean, that's you got to give more details. That could no, be, I don't. Had a hit on the same day. What? When? What year? Jake, this is this is a notorious player. Traded from the Mets. He got a hit with the Mets. Was traded and then got a hit with the Expos on the same day. You know this? This is like universally known. Oh my goodness! Oh my can, goodness! Can you give me Jake. the decade at least. Jake, he's 50, 60 Just years. Give me the decade. It's give not going to help. Decade. It's not going to help. It's not going to help you. Nope. What decade was it in? Jake, really? The eighties. Come on. Eighties. Okay. Eighties. He went from the Expos to no, Mets to the Expos. Mets to the Expos. In That's the eighties. Oh my God! Mets to the Expos in the eighties. I just, you know what's good? Fantasy Ray camp this year. No, that's that's why don't that's, I know this? You had, you had two shots. We're gonna delete this in the final. Hug. No, we're not. Joel Youngblood. <laughs> yep. You didn't know that, I Jake. Mean, come on. Come on. That's very. I'm fast. not gonna memorize that. Joel two, Youngblood. Two hits for two different teams in the same you day. He's the that only for the person who's done question. it. That should have been the Jake, first question. That that's damn near a cookie yeah, question. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't. That's not a cookie. <laughs> oh for one. How many silver sluggers did Mike Piazza win as a member of the Mets? One in two thousand. Oh. Ninety nine. Two thousand. I'll say five. Eh. Four. Oof. Okay, you get the four. Thing. Four. It was four. Four. Okay. We'll Man. say I'm right. Yeah, we'll say four. You'll it was say four or five. I'll say four. You know what the best part is? It's probably 99, 2000, 2001, and 2002 was probably the order because then he started getting hurt a little bit. Before he started with the Mets, he had 10 straight seasons of Silver Sluggers. Yeah. 10 straight. He ended with 14. Boy, good. Very nice. What All years right. did you say he got them? He got it in 99, mm-hmm. 2000. Mm hmm. 2001. Mm-hmm. Let's say 02. All right. I'll, I'll give you full credit for that one because yeah, you okay. actually got the year. Okay. So we'll give you one for, for there. All right. So you're one for two so far. All right. Here we go. Number three. Pete Alonso holds the record for most home runs in a season as a rookie. How many did he hit? 52. 53, 53, 53, 53. Oh my gosh. That was, that was the appetizer. 53 because Judge hit 52. Alonso hit 53. So I was talking about Judge. You know, Judge having a great year. Might break the home run record. Judge 52. When were you talking Alonso about Judge? <laughs> Now we in are. your head? Yes. <laughs> Good God. 53. Sorry. I was yeah, there for that game. Too. That was 53. correct. Oh, my heavens. 2019. I didn't realize we're giving multiple chances here, but all right, fine. 
It's fine. Sure. sure. It's fine. All right. We're talking about Judge. Next question. <laughs> what video game was David Wright on the cover of? MLB The Show. Give me the year. 2007. Oh, very nice. All right. All right. There you go. All right. All right. Three. Three out of four. The only one you've gotten right, truly. Yeah, well, that counts. Now you're going to get the figgy question. And the, I think the next year, Ray is. Of all these, Ray, Joel yeah, Youngblood yeah. was the cookie. I mean, come on. That Everybody been... knows that, Jake. Oh, Literally. I knew it when I was a kid. Not now. I, oh, I, well, you know. Party too hard. All right, three out of four. Here's, here's number five, and it's the figgy question. What teams did figgy pitch against as a Met at both Shea Stadium and City Field? That's a good one. That's, now that's now, gonna be pure guess. I'll give you uh, if you can get three out of four, then I'll say correct. There's four. There's in total. four total. If you can get he three or four against them at both City Field and Shea. There you go. Oh eight, oh nine. He pitched against them. Uh, City Field. I know the <laughs> Brewers is one of them. Oh, there you go. That's one. Yeah, the I thought Brewers that was is one. I thought that'd be a tough one to get. I know that. How did you know that that was one? Because I remember the Friday, you had your family in the suite, you had them your first start, and then I think the last start, the complete game was against the Brewers, right? The last start of of, uh, City Field. I know more about his career than his own self. How about that? (laughs) Brewers, okay. Two more. Okay, Brewers. It's got to be an NL East team, I feel like. The Nationals? Eh. Marlins? Eh. Braves? That's another one. Right. Yep. So there's two. I mean, it's not two. You're, 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 well, I knew it was a division team, so there's only one division team. Okay, right, so, so if you guess all more. the division teams, you get one of them. All right, well, I, okay, Brewers, so it's got to be another National League team. I don't think it would be an American League team, Brewers, Cubs. Let's go to the West. Let's go with Diamondbacks? Eh. Padres? Eh. Dodgers, eh. Giants, eh. Rockies. It's no team in the West, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Cardinals, no. Uh, Pirates, no. It's got to be a crappy I mean, team. I, I mean, the question's <laughs> wrong. You got it wrong at this point. Cubs, so. Cardinals. You got the Cubs. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's Cubs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cubs, Brewers. You're missing one more team. Cubs, Brewers, Marlins. We, or Cubs, no. Brewers, Braves. Yep. And then one more team. One more team. Uh, the Reds. Nope. With the Astros because they were in the NL. Nope. Then? I'm going to give you one more guess, and it's Reds. a National League team. You didn't say them yet. Reds. One more guess. <laughs> you named all the other teams from this division but this one team. You oh. named every team in the NL East except the Phillies. Oh, you said, I thought that. You never said the Phillies. Never Jake. said the Phillies. So there's the four teams. That was easy. Jake that was has been small. stumped. That's a that's a two out of five, I oh think. My God. That's, a, that's womp, a generous womp, two womp. out of five. No. Well, that's a generous two out of I five. Got, Three out of the five questions. No, yeah, no, no three out of no. five. You got one, you got one on the first take, and I'm giving you I partial got credit. Alonzo, and then you, you the didn't other get, one. you didn't get. No, it took you two guesses for Pete. It took you two guesses for Piazza. You couldn't get Joel Youngblood. You got yourself on the <laughs> Dunkaroos question. Congratulations. Yeah, three out of five. Close out the show next. Uh, I don't know. Is this wood? What material uh, is this? Might be for Micah. Yeah. Alrighty, Figgy, that'll say goodnight to my brain and episode 121 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show as always. Thanks to the people at Dare for keeping kids in school and saying no to drugs. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Write a nice review, please, on Apple. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch clips and full episodes of Amazing But True. We appreciate your support as always. Blame the party. Look, I was with, uh, you know, your age knows this maybe a little bit more. Well, you're a 
little too old for it. But Maya, me and Hearts went to this party. You know Maya, the singer, performed, and we were with her on Friday night. Do you know Maya? And you're blaming her for your well, the party. Addictions. You know the the free wine that they were serving that night. Ah, the free uh, wine. That's now the good. wine did it too. It's, so somehow the wine made your brain foggy. Yeah, it was the wine. And, yep. Oh, and your shoes. Yeah. The and shoes. it was your shoes. Well, shoes and the wine. Classic combination of, All right. of memory loss. But do you know Maya? Of course. All right, for Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz. We will be back next Monday following the Mets' four-game set against the Pirates. Figgy, the Mets could clinch at home this weekend. Let's clinch this playoff spot and then hopefully clinch the division in Atlanta. We'll do it right in their freaking faces, those fans who were talking all the smack on Twitter mm. after they were in first place for about 18 hours. Yeah. Well, take this for first place. These nuts. Oh, my. Yeah, that was aggressive. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll talk to you next Monday. And as always, Figgy... Let's, Let's go, go Mets. <laughs> These nuts. Once I heard that he ordered chicken parm, I immediately went to Fanatics and ordered that jersey.